This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a great day for talk radio after the top of the hour, we'll be talking to Jerry Diaz, get his thoughts on uh, where he went to Detroit to meet the powers that be in uh, General Motors, and it seems uh, rather unsuccessful or unfruitful. Uh, what he does for a follow-up, uh, we'll find out after 6 o'clock. I wanted to uh, ask about something that I noticed here in Toronto earlier this afternoon. There was a big protest, uh, Indigenous peoples and uh, like-minded individuals protesting uh the pipeline, the liquid natural gas pipeline in northern B.C. that traverses some native land, and uh, apparently there's been a blockade that was set up there, and on Monday evening the RCMP went in and started to arrest people, about 14 in total, for allegedly violating the conditions of an interim court injunction that required the removal of the blockade on this Forest Service road. It's in a remote part of the province, but the whole thing has taken off now as a cause celeb, suggesting, amongst other things, that uh, pipeline should not be built because uh, the planet will incinerate. David Suzuki weighed in among uh, the hundreds of protesters out in front of the Supreme Court in Vancouver. He says if we don't deal with climate change, our civilization is doomed. He's calling for an end to all pipeline projects. At the end of it, though, it's interesting because uh, I wonder if, given the situation economically, you've got a prime minister who's kind of getting religion on building this Trans Mountain Pipeline that we bought for $4.5 billion. So he says, anyway, Kevin Gaudet, you're looking at me here with a raised eyebrow. The point being that uh, a lot of Canadians understand the economic impact of this. They also understand that what our contribution to fighting climate change, if we were to fulfill the obligations of Paris 2015, would be pretty negligible. That seems to be a narrative that's taking hold. You see that reflected in the polls as well. Or if the price of gas goes up at the pumps, people suddenly have a change of heart and mind concerning how much they're willing to do to fight climate change. So, uh, are these protesters losing the case in the court of public opinion? Because they're also phrasing this as a betrayal of reconciliation. Uh, You know, conscientious Canadians should see themselves as wanting to reconcile the situation with uh, indigenous peoples. How do you see it, Kevin Gaudet? Well, the Superior Court of British Columbia rendered a decision in this case, which is why the RCMP moved in. So, the and the Superior Court rendered this decision because Aboriginal groups were consulted, and they have contracts, and they've been paid. And a very small minority, uh, uh, who don't even represent the respective bands, are expressing opposition. Chief Dan George in British Columbia, who, who's a great component proponent of the pipeline, has said that his people need to get together and speak with one voice. So we have a, this is an example of an approved pipeline that has social license, has legal authority, and the decision of the Superior Court of British Columbia says that they should be able to use that bridge and not blockade it. Uh, if that isn't an example of a pipeline that de- deserves to be built, I sure as hell don't know what, what should be. And the 125,000 unemployed Albertans in the oil services sector would say build the damn pipeline. And yet you've got, uh, I don't know, the collection of maybe six, 700 people marching from Nathan Phillips Square to Dundas Square. That was here in Toronto. Uh, even in places like New York City, Los Angeles, outside Canadian embassies and consulates. Andrew Cash, is this a betrayal of reconciliation or is Mr. Gadet right here? Let's just build the darn pipeline, notwithstanding these activists and protesters. Well, you know... If you listen to some of the voices in in the uh, you know in the indigenous community of Canada, they will say you know look there's the band councils and there's the traditional leadership, and they don't necessarily um, agree on these things, 
and the heret- so should that the hold heret- up all these projects? Well, well, it's just that you know, look, th- these are not homogenous communities. They have disagreements, just like any community in Canada. There's disagreements on on projects. However, this is a slightly different issue because we're talking about um, the hereditary chief of that of that band. We're talking about traditional lands, and we're talking about you know the RCMP coming in and forcibly removing people whose land this is. That's a, that's a huge issue when we are looking at a new relationship, uh, a new nation-to-nation relationship, which is something that uh, both you know the New Democratic Party and the Liberals have been talking about for a long time. Right. So, in other words, it forestalls every energy project. I, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to well, say. No, here, that's the the practical outcome. But I think that for for. For some people, anyway, the issue here is around reconciliation. And look, we, we, you know, there's no, it's not a surprise to me that people in New York, as far as New York or Los Angeles, are are on this issue because, well... Because they're funding the opponents of the pipelines well, to the think, benefit it, of the United yeah, States. Yeah, but you think about what happened in Los Angeles in the summer when, when fires raged all around and got very, very close. Um, the, the, you know, climate change is here. It is real. And... But you're citing correlation as causation in that case. Like all of these wildfires in California, as well as out west in BC, that's a result of things like this pipeline or these pipelines being built. It's a uh, obviously it's an aggregate. You know the, the issues here in Canada. Yes, we are a small population per capita. We 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 emit uh, more than most countries, but yeah, small amount. But the issue really here is around reconciliation. It's around the relationship between. Um, the government of Canada and First Nations. All right. Well, let me then pivot to Alyssa here. Uh, I mean, because I said earlier how this is playing out in the court of public opinion and uh, in that broad context, who do you think is on the side of right here or the uh, perceived right? Okay. So I think that, again, when I listen to all the messaging, I love going last, so that way I can parse everything the way, how it's all been presented to us here on the radio. And, you know, when Andrew explains, you know, the relationship between the government and the bands and the tribal councils, I mean, that is a lot of information for anybody to digest and and to really kind of understand. Well, it is complicated. It's very complicated. So what they've done is is kind of like, okay, putting that aside, and we know that that's an issue for those people who understand that, let's just talk about about climate change and what these marches are are talking about climate change and yes there is sort of a uh, a causal line towards reconciliation but when you have you know very quickly put together you know marches in Toronto and in you know New York and you were saying and also in LA and and, and in Vancouver this was put together very quickly and when you just talk about the one thing that people understand which is climate change and that this will be the destruction of the country and the destruction of life as we know it People kind of get that. So I think in this 24-hour period, as these marches are going along, their messaging is, is tending to resonate. Now, Do you whether... think so? Well, this is where I want to stop you, because that's why I asked the question. I wonder if it's falling into somewhat into disfavor, because there's also a resonant message about, you said, 125,000 unemployed people in the oil patch out west, and it has economic implications for the rest of Canada. Uh, a lot and... of downstream jobs out here. You've got uh, Jocelyn Bamford from Concerned Manufacturers on, on your program frequently talking about the downstream impacts from an employment perspective. 
But here's the thing. You know, this is sort of an organized effort. People can relate to, well, yeah, tithes and sorrows in the and, U.S. who are funding these left-wing causes in Canada shut okay, down their pipelines are, are, are effective. But that's why I'm saying within this 24-hour period, right now they're winning the war of the messaging. What the response is and how effective it is and how pervasive it is may have an opposite effect in the next 24 well, hours. But if you've got David Suzuki saying, you know, the planet is doomed unless we end all pipeline projects, you know, I'm well, saying... Suzuki, yeah, but David Suzuki... You know, trotting out Suzuki is an automatic argument loser today. He's such a crazy man. I mean, he shoots his mouth off and like... And I would say a lot of people don't out. know who he is. I mean, I think a certain generation of us know who David like, How many jets is. did he fly in on? Which house of uh, mansion of his did he did he come from? I mean, the guy's one of the greatest hick- hypocrites running around these days. Well, I think there's that. I mean, I'd rather hear, as I said earlier, uh, some unemployed welder who tells me that he's willing to take the hit because he believes, you know, the planet will be doomed if we don't stop the pipelines. That would be more impressive, wouldn't it, Andrew? Well, listen, you know, we just talked about GM leaving Canada uh, and throwing away tons of good jobs when they could be making those electric cars here. The future is in those kinds of jobs. Uh, That said, yeah, having all these uh, unemployed uh, oil and gas workers uh, in B.C., uh, that is a huge issue, but it and, but and but on, it and on does, reserves. but but it does not um, it, it, it you know it doesn't do anything um, around this issue of that you know we cannot carry on developing uh, national infrastructure the way we always have, which was you know a pat pat on on the heads of of, uh, of band council leaders and then just disregard. Well, but a lot every, of everything. indigenous peoples do support these projects. Sure. Okay, so what you're saying is uh, because there's a certain uh, percentage who don't, everything has to be stopped or discontinued. I mean, <laughs> where is well, this that, one going to be well, settled? Well, that happens everywhere. Though. Well, I know, but at you some know, point that, somebody... That, that, that's not just, uh, uh, you know, that's just not it, just particular to First Nations. No, but, but, but that's where you lose the info wars. Do you know what I mean? Like, people don't understand, well, we already signed with you. Now you're bringing in another subset, you know, substrata of your, your structure that we have to deal with. I mean, that, that, that d- to me, doesn't, doesn't curry, you know, favor towards, towards the cause, to be quite honest. Let's come back. Uh, there's another issue from out west uh, that was uh, addressed earlier today, has to do with the Humboldt bus tragedy. I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, this guilty plea and some of the things, rather poignant things, that were said in the immediate aftermath. We continue with Kevin Gadet, Alyssa Freeman, and Andrew Cash on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.